He is our regular Wednesday news commentator on All Matters Ohio and maybe even beyond. He is, of course, the founder of the Ohio Press Network, Mr. Jack Windsor, back with us on AM 1420, The Answer. Jack Windsor. Good morning, my friend. How are you? Bob, I'm super fantastic. It's great to be back with you and the WHK family. Thanks for choosing me today. You, you betcha. Jack, in addition to being the founder of the Ohio Press Network, he is also our Statehouse Correspondent for AM 1420, The Answer. Correspondent, excuse me, on AM 1420, The Answer. And there's a lot of state stuff that we do want to talk about, Jack, but just um, real quick, two things happened yesterday that were, I think were important enough to ask your opinion on because they will affect Ohioans, even though they didn't necessarily happen in Ohio. In Washington, Joe Biden took a... Uh, a, a vacation from his vacation and came back to work for five hours, just long enough to go and sign a ridiculous monstrosity tax and spend bill, uh, $740 billion, the Inflation Production Act, that's going to turn 87,000 new IRS agents loose on uh, the American middle class. And then, uh, meanwhile, in a state far, far away, all the way out there in Wyoming, the people of Wyoming delivered a 40-point MAGA beatdown of Liz Cheney for her extraordinary um lack of of um i don't know constitutional uh constitutional uh belief constitutional support legislation whatever you want to call it she has made it her mission not to do any work on behalf of her constituents or the people she's made it her mission to destroy donald trump um through the january 6th select committee and now she is hinting beyond that perhaps by running in 2024 on the republican ticket just to be a spoiler and destroy uh, his credibility some more so your thoughts jack on those two lead stories on the national stage well i want to first correct myself uh i said last night that it looks like cheney would lose by three touchdowns a field goal and a safety i stand corrected it's five touchdowns a field goal and a safety that was that was uh, monumental. I, I I thought it was bad when all summer long she was trailing by over twenty points. That's that's beyond a route. That that's what you were talking. That's your three touchdowns, field goal, safety. But but forty points, forty more than forty points, Jack. You're right. That's that's hard to fathom. Whether you're a sports fan or not, that's hard to fathom. Yeah, go ahead. It's a lot, and you know, um, I, I take it kind of with a grain of salt, and and kind of look at it as if, well, we expected this. It is Wyoming, and uh, I don't think, I mean, you know, Donald Trump is loved out there. So if you were to put Liz Cheney uh, in Ohio, it would be interesting to see how that would have played out. I think it still would have been bad. But uh, certainly uh, the margin of victory, uh, when you consider the scuttlebutt was Democrats were crossing over, requesting Republican primary ballots to try to prop her up, could it have been worse? So uh, I think she was going to lose. I think the FBI raid on Mar-a-Lago, or I guess we can't call that a raid now. We'll get tagged in the FBI system. <laughs> the FBI search and seizure uh, of Trump's estate probably fanned the flames, and uh, it, it was ugly in Wyoming. As far as Joe Biden, you know, my two cents, nothing has changed in my mind. Again, this is my opinion, not news, but I believe that, they're going to actually increase inflation. And no one has at all explained to me why 87,000 IRS agents need to be hired. Um, I think it's foolish to believe that they're being hired to go after people uh, in Adam Schiff's words who are taking advantage of these loopholes. In the t- By the way, if there is a loophole 
that means people are legally utilizing the tax structure uh, to benefit themselves. Um, so there's a lot wrong with that bill, in my opinion, from an economic vantage point and from uh, a freedom vantage point. Yeah, I completely concur. Um, you know, the worst part about it is, is you know, whether there's loopholes or not, um, the fact that they, is that that you know, millions of of Americans are going to have to endure audits who did nothing wrong. At the end of the audit process, they're going to get a letter saying, "Looks like everything's in order. Thanks for your cooperation." And meanwhile, they're going to have put been put through weeks or months of hell. Not to mention the expense of hiring a tax attorney to defend yourself against an audit or a tax uh, prepare a preparation service or somebody who can handle audits. It's 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 a nightmare. And I just read an uh, op-ed or portions of an op-ed in the National Review on this. It would be like, you know, hiring 87,000 new FBI agents who are saying, hey, we don't know that you've done anything wrong, but we're going to audit your life and find out if you have committed any federal crimes. We're going to look into where you go, what you do, uh, and we're going to see if you've committed any crimes. And if you haven't, what do you have to worry about? What are you worried? You know, if you haven't broken any laws, you should be fine with this. Well, it doesn't matter. If the federal government is coming in to probe inside your personal life and your professional life and your financial life just to see if you've done something wrong, um, that that just doesn't that sounds totalitarian, doesn't it? It sure does. I talked to a DC insider last night. We had this discussion uh, specifically, and he surmised that look, once the FBI has you in their sights, good luck. It, it they have the ability to drum up whatever they want. And hey, we've seen this movie before, right? Um, Lois Lerner, uh, people being unfairly targeted by the IRS, uh, parents at school board meetings. And by the way, I'm talking about more than the IRS. I'm talking about the Department of Justice. But what I'm really talking about is the entire swamp district in Washington, D.C. Uh, we're seeing it with uh, F. POTUS, Donald Trump. So it's not unreasonable for people to be concerned and scared. And you know what? Maybe that's part of it. Maybe part of it is intimidation. Hey, fall in line or else. Um, now, is the or else carried out? I don't know, but I know that there are people still in jail um, from January 6th who are That's bankrupted. Right. I know that Donald Trump has probably paid $10, 20000000 million a year to represent himself or for legal representation, excuse me. So what? If you want to thrive and push back against the government and live in your God-given freedom, do you have to be a millionaire? If you want to run for president, do you have to be a billionaire? It's a big problem. We're talking to Jack Windsor. He is the uh, editor and the founder of the Ohio Press Network. He is also our State House correspondent for AM 1420, The Answer. Let's talk about some Ohio news now. Jack, I want to lead because you kind of have teased me here and you have whet my appetite, if you will, for information about the Ohio Department of Education, Ohio Department of Health surveys, and an upcoming story that you are going to be publishing in the Ohio Press yeah. Network. What do you want to let us know? Uh, the Ohio Press Network has started investigating a letter that we received that appears to be from the Ohio Department of Education, Ohio Department of Health, Ohio Department of Mental Health and Addiction Services. The letter deals with the Ohio Health Youth Environments Survey. The acronym is OHYES, O-H-Y-E-S, exclamation. Now, in the letter from Department of Education Superintendent Stephanie Siddons, Department of Health Director Bruce Vanderhoff, and Lori Chris at the Department of Mental and addiction services, public officials are promoting the free, voluntary, and web-based survey for students in grades 7 through 12. 
that letter seems to be intended for superintendents and school officials throughout the Buckeye State. Now, the letter states that school leaders are going to benefit from this survey, and here's how. They're going to identify mental health needs and environmental challenges among students. They're going to be able to tailor positive behavioral interventions in mental health supports. Here's an interesting one. They're going to advance school culture and climate goals. They're going to make strategic use of student wellness and success funds, and they're going to be able to partner with local mental health and health organizations to improve student health. The letter contains a link to a sample survey. Now, when you're ready, I can read you some of the questions from that sample survey. If you're I, ready to I want you to. I do want you to do that, and I am ready, except to ask once again, or not once again, but to ask this: the survey is intended for students. Yes, the survey, so there's a letter that we're in receipt of that appears to be intended for superintendents and school right. officials. That letter explains this survey that's intended for students in grades 7 through 12. Now, it touts the survey as being voluntary and free and only taking about 35 minutes, and it's web-based. Is, it also, the, is it also anonymous? Does it say that, or do students who choose to take it have to put their names on it? We're looking into that. Uh, it okay. appears to be anonymous. The one challenge, um, kind of, I'll get to the, the the bottom of this, and then we'll go back into the middle. But if you go to that uh, OES website, um, which is let me get that ohyes.ohio.gov, and you mouse over the resources section of the site or the results section of the site, you can see there's public ac- there's a public access database public access reports, database access for superintendents and principals. So my assumption is that this information gets aggregated, but it's very evident that that information is stored, and it's stored and accessed for purposes such as we just read, strategic decisions, Got so it. on okay. and so forth. So the letter that you're in receipt of is to the superintendents basically telling them from the Ohio Department of Education Department of Health, this is what we want to give you and we want you to give to your students. And even though it can't be mandatory. It. Okay. So now let's get to what some of the interesting questions are in the survey. Which of the following best describes you? Heterosexual, gay or lesbian, bisexual. I describe my sexual identity some other way. I'm not sure about my sexual identity. I don't know what that question is asking. Right. You could stop right there, Jack, and I would. <laughs> that's it. I mean, it that's it. Better. I mean, that's all I needed to hear. I mean, honestly and truly, because, and I'm going to do this, and, and I hate, you know, being repetitive and redundant, and other people have pointed this out, but any other adult who asked that question of any child in any circumstance is probably looking for a black eye from a parent or a lawsuit. Or a call to the police. Why are who in the hell are you and why are you asking my kid about his sexual preference? It's a child. I mean, honestly, that is remarkable to me that the Ohio Department of Health and the ODE Department of Education would, would, would do that. I mean, what business is it of theirs? What business, business is that of anybody's other than the kid? And maybe, maybe, if the kid chooses to discuss such things with his parents, that's it. Sorry. I, uh, I mean, I'm done after that question. I do want to hear the others, but that's enough for me. Go ahead. I'll give you a couple others. Let me add to what yeah. you just said, though. I talked to another Ohioan who has a pulse on what's going on in education and has a deep concern, just as you do, on these matters. He said something really interesting to me. He said, you know, if we have anyone uh, close to our neighborhood move in who is 
tagged and labeled in our criminal justice system as a sexual predator, tier one, tier two, tier three, whatever, we get a letter. And he said, you know, I look at those letters and every single one of them lists a section of the Ohio Revised Code that makes it a violation to do what you just said, Bob. If somebody were to do this on the corner and talk to our kids that way or send information um, such as this, uh, they could absolutely be arrested in this gentleman's uh, viewpoint. Uh, but we, but I digress there. So a couple that's, of the other that's, questions. That's a great. That's a great point that person made uh, to you. That's a very, very good, valid point. Uh, go ahead, continue. Um, and, and by the way, I'm just going to add some commentary here. How many sexual abuse cases are filed across the country um, by students against teachers on an annual basis? So we kind of have to stop pretending like school is the absolute safe haven. But again, I digress. Um, during the uh, past three months. Hold on a second. Hold on a second, because you just opened up another can of worms, Jack, and I think it's very, very good that you did. This is, of course, not to impugn all teachers, just because there have been, no. I'm sure, radio hosts and and newspaper writers and editors and you know things like that who have all done terrible things too. Don't get me wrong, but yes, the number of abuse cases, sexual and otherwise of teachers to students is significant enough that it would make one wonder why a teacher wants to know about a child's sexual proclivities. Um, because if they want to know a minor sexual proclivities, it might be for personal knowledge. It might be for, you know, this might be a person that I, that I want to talk to and pay more attention to, uh, and, and, and spend a little bit more time tutoring after school. And if you understand my meaning, and I'm, again, this is not to impugn all teachers at all, but this is a legitimate question. Why do teachers need to know about the sexual habits or identities or proclivities or, uh, you know, preferences of young people? That's that's a very valid point you just raised. Go ahead. So a couple of the other questions in that vein. Uh, have you ever had sexual intercourse during the past three months? How many people did you have sexual intercourse with? What? Did you drink alcohol or use drugs before you had sexual intercourse last time? The last time you had sexual intercourse, did you or your partner use a condom? The last time you had sexual intercourse, what one method did you or your partner use to prevent pregnancy? So um, those are, I mean, that's just a smattering. Um, how wrong do you, do your friends feel it would be for you to smoke marijuana? If you attempted suicide in the past 12 months, did any attempt result in injury, poisoning, or overdose that had to be treated by a doctor or a nurse? So uh, these are the types of questions. Uh, obviously, we picked out the ones that uh, are maybe a little bit more alarming, uh, but they are uh, scattered in with other questions. And the answers to those questions, apparently, are going to be recorded and uh, warehoused somewhere uh, for people to track and look at and uh, make strategic decisions about our education system. How long is that survey? How many more questions are there total? Uh, let me take a look here, Bob. That's a great question. I want to say it was like 120 questions. Okay. So, so. So, so probably fair to say that it's a small percentage of them that are that graphic and that uh, alarming, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, and, and, and that doesn't matter, by the way, because if one of them was asked, any one of those to me would be enough for me to be, if I'm a parent and this was sent to my kid, I would be at a board meeting or in a superintendent's office with uh, smoke coming out of my ears immediately. Uh, so it doesn't have to be a small percentage. It if, it, if it's even one, it's too many. Now, here's my question is, what do they hope to gain from this? What does the Department of Health and the Department of Education hope to gain from this? Because you just said it's from seventh through 12, uh, seventh grade through 12th graders. Now, I taught seventh grade for six years, and I, can t- and I taught high school, actually, for one year before uh, uh, moving into radio. 
And I can tell you one thing that is just immutably true, particularly among the boys. They see anything with the word sex in it, the clown show begins. They are going to answer those questions with as funny of responses as they can possibly think of just to screw with the system because it's what they do. They'll probably get on FaceTime with each other and say, let's take it together, and you put this and I'll put that, and so on and so forth. We're talking about immature kids, which is the reason why, by the way, we cannot go act with permanency uh, on the identities or the phases or whatever that immature kids go through in terms of blockers or surgeries or uh, uh, what what uh, you know other people call gender affirming care, which end up being devastating for so many of these kids who are just going through phases. But what so so the question remains: What I started there with Jack is, what do they hope to learn from this with a bunch of kids who can anonymously answer these any way they want? Well, look. I'm going to give you two answers, and I don't know that learning is, is necessarily the end goal. We just went through two years uh, of the state's COVID response where we had all kinds of data that was published to a website, and we couldn't agree on what that information stated and certainly couldn't agree on the policies that should have been made from that information. So it, to me, becomes um, an arrow in the quiver of people trying to fire you know, public policy suggestions. It wasn't long ago, I think it was Senator Josh Hawley in a Senate hearing was talking to a Biden appointed attorney um, about transgender issues. And if you remember that exchange, I think you may have seen it, we may have talked about it. Uh, He was asking questions about whether a, a male could have a baby or not have a baby and immediately was met with defensiveness and essentially said that he was spewing hate rhetoric and that his type of questioning was going to increase the suicide level that was already prevalent uh, among students that identified as transgender. So it becomes a, a data mining exercise in my mind. Now, the letter would say to you that it helps make strategic uh, use of student wellness funds and partner with mental health organizations, uh, but it also says things like advanced school culture and climate goals. What does that mean? Uh, and why is my why is my child, a you know, a cog in that. Why Why is my child's information becoming part of what seems to be a political operation in our public schools? Those are all very, very good questions that deserve answers that I suspect we're never going to get. Um, but it is it is voluntary. Uh, it is uh, not something the kids have to do, but I'm very, very curious, as you just said, about what the goals are. And maybe the answer isn't to learn anything, but maybe the answer is to develop new policies and and um, directives that are, that are going to potentially negatively impact students. Uh, crazy story. Jack Windsor is the um, uh, editor and the founder of the Ohio um, uh, Press Network. Jack, I know you've also got a story coming on Blystone, the latest on the hat, uh, so we're looking forward to that. He faces some legal troubles after the uh, his failed run for the uh, GOP nod in the primary for the governor's race, so we'll look forward to that. Uh, keep up the great work on the Ohio Press Network. Thanks for the update on this, and we'll talk to you again next week. Thanks, Bob. Have a great day. Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525.